Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Really exciting episode of the podcast today. I've got a very special guest, Kieran Bracken. Kieran is a former Rugby World Cup winner, and he's also a property investor and has multiple business interests. So let's get straight into the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Kieran. Great to be here. Um, so you've been in property, obviously, for quite a while. Yeah. You've been in sport. You've yeah, got yeah. quite a lot you're involved in. Sure. So um, let's start a little bit with the... The property, were you doing yeah. property before? Sport? Yeah, so I mean, rugby wasn't professional. So when I started right. out, it was, um, I was training to be a lawyer. My old man from Ireland, always, always been involved in property as a family. Right. He was a dentist and whatever money he made, he would he would basically buy anything and everything in the right areas. And we learned a lot from him. But from my point of view, I suppose when I was training to be a lawyer, you know, I had my first purchase in, in Bristol where I was studying. Um, my dad helped me with the deposit and everything. And yeah. I realised actually with the first purchase, about £35,000 for a tiny little flat uh, in Bristol, really nice. And I had it for two or three years, sold it for 65000 So I made, made quite a lot of money, which is quite, quite nice. And I realised the money that I had made as a trainee solicitor was actually, in fact, less than what I made in the property. So part of me was going, well, this is, this is the game to be in. Luckily, rugby went uh, professional, which meant that I didn't have to work in a law firm and like come up as a partner and spend years inside. I ended up going full-time professional. So in the back of my mind, it was always, well, property is the thing to be in. Yeah. And I thought, learning from my parents, I thought, well, that's the thing to do. So I had my, um, after that, I started earning good money with, with, with England and with uh, my professional club, Saracens, came down to London, bought a flat in town, Lived there, which was great fun in South Kensington. Um, all that, you know, story behind that was uh, it, the only thing is though, when you buy in central London, everything tends to be leasehold, and it was a yeah. short lease. It was only like fifty nine years. I didn't really know what I was buying. I thought, well, I owned it, but you don't really own it. You've got yeah. to pay the duchy or whatever a load of money. So, while I was playing for Saracens, I had this flat in South Kensington, had a great time there, and then realised after a while, actually, it's going to cost me a lot of money to to buy out to get another 100-year lease or whatever. So eventually, I, I wound it down, and so I ended up uh, selling it for, I don't know, 300-odd grand. So I made 100-odd grand, which was great at the time. So a short I, lease flat that you did nothing to, just lived in and all Well, I did a bit of work on it, but it, I ended up you know, doing really well out of it. So when you've had two great successes, you think, well, this is the way to make money. So whenever I would earn good money with England and had spare cash, I'd always go, what can I do with my money? Yeah. So I ended up investing in property in Ireland. So right. I bought some land from my dad. And at the same time, I bought land in, in uh, or not land, I bought uh, like one or two houses in London, which need a lot of work. Right. Now to do that, I didn't have enough cash to do it. But what I did is I just leveraged on my, my marital home got the money out of that and then put it into Ireland and put it into uh, into these houses and flats in England that I was going to refurb. So that's what I was doing. At the same time, um, I got lucky in Ireland. I got planning on, on the, the land I bought, built the houses and they were worth quite a lot of money. And in Ireland, as you know, the banks were pretty easy, weren't they? Well, yeah. They were pretty loose. They were literally like, you've got this asset, you've got that asset. How well, much do you want for it? How much? No, not how, yeah. How much? How much do you want to go and buy more land? Mm. So they were giving me. I mean, we're not talking like 
hundreds of thousands, talking about millions. They were like, well, we'll give you a couple of million quid if you want to go and buy a few sites. I was like, this is amazing. So, you know, the Celtic Tiger, it was the way to make money. You know, residential homes, uh, you know, the bigger the better in the right locations. Uh, and so I just invested and ended up getting caught. So in 2008, when it had the big crash, everyone talks about the crash in England. They talk about it as like, you know, um, you know, oh, it was oh, so tough at that time yeah, and people yeah. offloading. But actually, Ireland was 10 times worse. Ireland and Spain, let's just, yeah, Ireland was like Spain, or, um, Portugal, where, you know, an, an asset worth a million. So we were selling our the houses that we were building on there for 750, so quite high end, but not, you know, not, not massive houses, five bedroom houses, very nice yeah. for 750. So I, we built four and we had two left to sell and we basically, couldn't sell them, so we had to rent them. Now the value of those that were seven hundred went down to three fifty, went to fifty percent, and we couldn't give them away. But we ended up renting them out to sort of consolidate. Yeah. Um, but I did find it weird because I was in England at the same time and uh, managed to sort of offload some of my assets in England to pay off debts or whatever. And you know the the sort of losses were. Minimal, yeah. You know, there was not like when there was a downturn. It was not like you could go next door and go, well, I, I, your, your place is worth a million. I give you half a million. They just tell you to sod off. Yeah. You know, it psychologically, people. It was only like the big developers who had two, three hundred flats who had to just let go and go bankrupt and stuff. But you know, on the street, I don't think there was a real recession it was, on your it was family 15%, home. Whatever yeah. yeah, yeah, fifteen percent. But in Ireland, it was fifty. So I had yeah. Ireland, it was fifty, and then I offloaded stuff in England, and then. I thought, well, this is an opportunity to buy. So even though I was down in Ireland, I thought, well, I, I need to do, I need to buy something now in England. So what I ended up doing is I, with my wife, maybe not being too happy, I said, look, we've got to sell this. We've got to buy up the road, a lovely plot up there, which I can knock down or I can do a refurb on. And within five years, you know, we're going to smash it. So she, she, she ran with it. We rented somewhere. I did it up. Great big 7,000 square foot house. Amazing. Got it valued. I doubled my money basically, and I was thinking, well, that now is going to pay for Ireland, and it's yeah. okay. So at the same time of all that happening, I'm sort of I'm all over the place. But then, what happens then? So the stamp duty over one million, one point five million goes to twelve percent. So now I'm sitting on this massive asset, and I can't sell it. I can't sell it because of stamp duty. So I'm thinking, oh my god, what do we do now? So what do we do? I rented it. So I had the X Factor renting it uh, for a, a couple of years, which was quite good fun. And then with that rent, I sort of used that money to rent myself. And then eventually someone did a house swap. I've never heard of a yep. house swap, but like a guy came along and said, I really like your house. Can I, um, do you like my house? And we actually particularly like their house. And it was a downsize. I mean, it was half the value or even more Then I ended up spending money on it. And now we live there happily ever after. But I've had a real up and down like that. You know, yeah. I've seen it all. But the good thing is, I think I've been quite agile to make yeah. the right decisions at the right time. Um, we've kept the assets in Ireland. It's now up to, say, 80%, 90%. The rental values yeah. are through the roof. So I'm now going to build the three houses in Ireland. The rental will be very high. Um, and then I've got um, I've got a restaurant that I sort of built and rented out. And now I'm going to turn some of it into flats. So I've got a way of getting some of the money back. So in a way... You know, through all of this, I've not made the millions that I'd hoped I was going to make, but I've learned a lot. I've made enough money to put food on the table. I've enjoyed it. And now I've got an asset base that should be my pension in a way that, you know, 
whilst I thought if I sold them all off, I'd have millions in the bank. Now I'm going to just keep them, rent them and have a, a quite a nice income, income from it. So it's, yeah. it's worked out really well. You talk about people a lot think like their plan is um, their pension or win the lottery. And when yeah. the people that do win the lottery, they lose everything typically within, and more, a lot of people yeah. that win the lottery lose everything within a couple of years because they've got millions. Yes. But actually having cash flow, and one yeah. of the things we talk about a lot here is about cash flow. Yeah. Cash flow is worth way more than equity yes. than selling something yeah. because it means that you don't have to work. Yes. It's a solid income going forward. So yeah. in a way, it might not have been your plan to start. And a lot of people yeah. when they start in property are thinking about capital growth. Yeah. But actually the cash flow is the hidden gem. Yes. Because it gives you the pay forever. Well, I didn't realise that. And, and I do remember sort of people when I was, you know, playing rugby for England and people all coming in saying, you know, we want your money, let's invest it, let's put money in a pension. And I remember I put I put something like I don't know, 50 grand into a pension and I watched it and over three years, I got a, a letter saying your 50 grand pension is now worth 48,000. I was like, well, that's not very good. Then a year later it came in, your 48,000 now worth 45,000. And I was thinking, well... That's because, uh, that's you what, know why, right? Yeah. Because brokers... Brokers manage your money till you're broke. Oh, do they? Is that what they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Not really. So, but so, yeah. so, so I found, but, but, but Ben, I've been, I've been told though that if I, if you invest in shares compared to property, shares do better in the long run. They do, but it's it's leverage. So shares would do better in terms of people look at it in one dimensional. So yeah. I, if I've got a hundred grand yeah. and I put it into shares, yeah. I could get eight percent return on my money. As yes. an example, so somebody listening to the podcast thinking, "No, I got 10. 10. Yes. Example. Eight yeah. percent return on your money. Not so not you, today though. Not yeah. now with, well, yeah. the, with the market down fifteen yeah. percent. Exactly. Yeah. So you got a hundred grand. You buy. You get a hundred grand's worth of shares with your hundred grand. Yes. It makes eight percent. Yes. You've got a hundred eight grand. Yeah. But if you've got a hundred grand and you put into property, you can leverage the bank's money. Borrow seventy-five percent off the bank. Yeah. Get four hundred grand's worth of property for your hundred grand. Yes. The yeah, property yeah. might only make. If you're you not, can you do that now though? You can still do it today. Yeah. Sure. I'm doing it yeah, at the, the moment. Seventy-five percent buy to let mortgages. What, what, what rates? That you. you well, you'll pay four, five, six percent for your mortgage rate, interest rate, depending on the lender. A year. Six um, percent. Five, two and a half, three, four upwards. On buy to lets, you're looking at maybe four percent upwards. Right. Okay. And um, depending on your lender, depending on yeah. if you're buying it in a company or not. Yeah. But. If you've got your 100 grand to invest, the same 100, mm-hmm. and you buy, a, put it into property, yeah. you borrow 75% off the bank, put yes. in 25% deposit, yeah. you've got 400 grand's worth of property yeah. for your 100, yeah. and your return may be 6%, yeah. so it's less than the, bank, than the 8% in the stock market, Yes, yeah, yeah. but it's 6% on 400. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 so, so yeah. It's 24 okay, so grand. you're compounding it up, aren't yeah. you, based so you're getting, on the leverage. Yes. But... But the only downside to that is potentially is the cat is 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 if you have a downturn in the market and you need yeah. to liquidate and you you need to buy a bigger home and suddenly you've got to liquidate. Yeah, and, and that's why and it's that's cash why, flow. And that's why it's cash flow. But mm-hmm. that's why stocks and shares sometimes might be a good thing to have yeah. as well because it's yeah, you, gotta, you, wanna, you, you want to get rid of it. You want to get rid of. You can get rid of it. But the good thing about I suppose for me as well is that. Um, when we were building in Ireland with my brother, so my brother does a building for me in Ireland, and he lives there, and um, we used a timber frame company out there, and we were like, "God, this is quick! We built this house really, built a house in like five, six days. It was amazing." So we were like, "Well, this is a great market." Looked into the market, looked in the UK, not many people doing mm. it, so we ended up doing it ourselves. So oh. that's that's out of that, we've born a, a quite a nice little business of a timber frame business. So we we build sort of two, three hundred units in the UK. 
So that's a quite nice little outcome of the um, of the nightmare in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So yeah, so so we've got that, and I've got that. that that's my day to day job, so to speak, um, amongst other things. So yeah, but but property is um, like you say, you can get the leverage. But the thing is, I'm scared of now, and I don't, you can advise me probably is is that the the banks and the the, the I, I didn't think you could easily get 75% uh, you know, loan-to-value yeah. mortgages. So I long as the rent stacks up, it's yeah. quite easy. So you're looking at about 130% rental income against yes. the... So if your mortgage is £100 a month, yeah. so long as your rent is 130 yeah, then you'll get a loan. So for instance, yeah. £500 a month mortgage, yeah. if you've got um, 650 rental income... Yeah. You'll get a mortgage. But with the buy to that, are you doing it through a, through a vehicle like through a, a limited company? Ah, right, and then yeah. therefore the rates a bit higher. Yeah, but then people can do it on their own, can't they, as an individual, you, and get a lower lower, lower you rate? You can, but if you buy a buy to let in your personal name in yeah. the UK, yes, there's Section Twenty Four, oh, which the means tax. the tax. So you'll pay yeah. tax on the mortgage portion. Right. If you buy it in a limited company, yeah, then the mortgage interest is tax deductible. But what about the fifteen percent that you have to buy on stamp duty on the on the asset? The fifty well, yeah, depends stamp, on what price stamp, you got. Stamp, stamp duty, duty is the additional three percent. Additional three yeah. percent. Okay. So All you right, put in fine. a lower offer on your purchase price. Right. Okay. If you can get your purchase price for three percent lower, yeah. you offset the three percent additional stamp duty. Yeah. Well, that's all right then. So uh, it's more about what's the cash flow you'll get going yeah, forward. Yeah. I thought I don't know why I thought I thought stamp duty was higher. No, three percent additional three percent on top right. of the normal two. So you'd buy. Right. Um, you're looking at. It depends on what price you're looking at sure, for the house. Yeah, sure. Obviously, if you're looking at 15%, you're buying houses at a million plus. Yeah. So that would be around 15%. Yeah, so if it, what if it's six, seven, eight hundred? Yeah, um, you're looking at sort of 8%. 8%, stamp duty. yeah. It's a lot of money, isn't it? I suppose mm. I suppose the better money is in the lower end to get the, you know, to, you know, two, three hundred thousand to yeah. get a nice... It, is that where your look, sweet it, spot is? What's sweet, your sweet, sweet spot? For? Sweet spot is... Um, yeah, single let type buy to lets, HMO type properties, house of multiple occupations. Yes. Always yeah. looking to add value. So buy yeah. something like you mentioned, adding yeah, value. Yeah. So buy cheap, uh, buy low. Put a few low, bedrooms there. Add a bedroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Add, a, add a room, add a bedroom. Um, do a refurb. Yeah. Nothing major, cosmetic yeah. even. Yeah. Um, potential future added value rather than below value. Great. And you, you're buying value. You buy value. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you're not going to get a property at the moment in the UK where, like it was 30 years ago, where you buy a house and over six months it goes up in value. Mm. You're going to buy a house that's going to be pretty much the same value. Yeah. So you've got to build it value. Sure. Refurb in value. Sure. And you hope to get, I mean, the good thing is, like you say, the, the if you get capital appreciation, you're getting capital appreciation on the overall value. So. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started.
So, you, you know, if you put 25% in and you're getting, say, 4% a year on, mm. let's call it a million, you know, you're yeah. actually earning, you know, 40 grand a year. 40 grand a year. For, well, yeah, it's not quite tax-free, but, but yeah. I suppose you pay tax when you're on it when you're coming out, wouldn't you? Do you pay corporation tax, I guess, on In the a rental limited company, income? you'd pay corporation tax, yeah. 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 And then you've got to find it hard to get, put it in your own bank account, and then you've got to pay more tax. So it's not easy. The tax scenario is is as a minefield as anything, isn't it? It is, but quite often you see people and they go, um, it's not easy in terms of um, what about the tax? And what they do is they don't make a decision because they're thinking... If I buy this property, I might make 40 grand a year. Yeah. But what about the tax? So what I'll do is I'll stay in a job instead on 30 grand a year yeah. and pay tax. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, problem yeah. with the tax you pay on your job, yeah, though, yeah. the double hit, yeah. just like the leverage of money, the problem with the tax you pay on your job is you're in a job paying tax and you pay the tax before you ever see the money. So you don't yeah. realize you're paying it because your, your employer pays your tax for you and gives you the bit that's left. Well, what, what, in, a think, company, yeah. in a company, you earn your money live and then pay your tax on the bit that's left yes so you've got tax deductible expenses yeah yeah i suppose i think because i su- because principal private residence is tax free free psychologically it feels that when you buy a property it should be tax free but yeah. you're right if it's, it's a, a job business. if it's a job and it's a business yeah. you, you should pay tax you got to run so, it as a business yeah mm. absolutely Oh, it's interesting times, but um, yeah, I, I love property, always involved in it. The other thing is where I've uh, I've done quite well in the last 12 months is in the options business. I don't, okay. know, whether, I don't know whether you're aware I, of I that. I actually do lease, so I do a lot of lease options, which is a property strategy. Okay. But you're talking about options in the stock market. No, no, oh. no, no, no. So basically, I uh, I got approached by a company to... Um, to basically work for them, and what they do is they get planning on oh, green planning again. Yeah, yeah. So it's lease options. What we use in we call them options. There, it's a pro- Yeah, yeah. So, so, so basically, we would I would knock on the door of a farm and I say, look, your your farm, your five acres is right next door to um, to a village, to yeah. a town, to whatever. The local plans coming up in eighteen months. You know, we really need to look at your land. You could get forty, fifty houses on here. You know, let's do a fancy signing an option. So it's all new to me. All of this, I was like, well, that's very interesting. And um, yeah, I've signed up three or four options now. This is um, this is what I teach at Progressive. So okay. I teach the no, what's called nominee down training, right. and I teach op- options. Yeah. Um, exchange delayed completions. Yeah, well, I, that's why I do so, so, so with learning all of the options business, and I've got two or three options now, mm. and I realised actually the uh, the investment is quite it's quite small. It's low risk, high return. Low risk, but extremely high return. So yeah. if I if I end up with a, an option for, um, and I'm involved with it's King and Company who um, who sort of brought me into this, and I've got a couple of sites with them. But you know, if you could be, you could put in, I don't know. 30 grand, 40 grand in, and the upside could be a million, mm. you know, obviously shared with the other partners. Yeah. But obviously, if it doesn't get planning, your 30 grand's gone. But then if you've got enough spare cash to to risk it, it's actually yeah. quite good. But I also I also found a great bit of land which had planning for a house on it, couldn't sell it. And then I, I basically thought I could get better planning on it. So I did a. I basically bought it from him with an investor on the side because I couldn't afford to pay yeah. for it myself. And... Um, I ended up exchanging, and then I said, "Look, I'll give you that price for it, but I need six months because I need mm. to get better planning, and I'm going to try and sell it. But after six months, if not, I'll pay you." And we did the deal, and then I found a buyer, um, found a really good buyer, and I sold it, and I made quite a nice margin without 
ever completing, which is Everybody, beautiful. Yeah. And, mm. it, you know, I, you can imagine just, you know, not putting money, whilst I put money down, yeah. might put 100 grand down as a deposit, you know, I end up getting my all the profit back plus my 100 grand back. So it's yeah. quite nice. I had, I mean, you know, if I had to complete on it, then I'd have had to get a mortgage and it would have been, yeah. and I would have made less money. But the upside is it did really well out of it. For, but that, that's, that's, those are hard to come by. You've got to mm. meet the right guy, meet the right farmer. It has to all work. But the options business is interesting, you know. Um, For how many have you done? Options. Yeah. I've got about three options. In what period of time? In the last year and a half. It does take so a while. Three, so one every six months. Yeah. That would average how much profit? Oh, I don't know. God. Roughly. Uh, roughly. Well, if it Six came, figures on each one? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, at oh, least. Yeah, no, 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 so yeah. just, I'm just getting putting you in because yeah. for just for our viewers and our listeners yeah. is um, you've done a lot of stuff and yeah. you're going, oh, it could take a long time. Does um, take a long for time for anybody listening that if you're thinking, God, it could take a long time. Three of them, six months each, with over six figures of profit on each one. Yeah. Who would like to take it a long time? Because that's a, that is quite yeah. bringing yeah, it back time, in perspective. But, but at the same time, have yeah. perspective is that yeah. those three sites might not get planning. Yeah, but if they do, it could be a seven-figure profit on some. Um, not for me, no. Oh, for for the company, for the yes. company, yeah. I, and I own I own a, a good portion of my yeah. share of what I put in. But I I, I agree with you. The thing is that. Uh, these options are in Greenbelt land, yeah. and no one wants to build it in, mm. in Greenbelt. You know, but now they have to. But so, why are you doing it? Oh well, because I'll tell you why I'm doing it. The reason why I'm doing it is because the upside compared to the risk is it's so much huge. Yeah, yeah. it's so, no risk, huge return, huge return. Yeah, yeah. But really, I'd love to be part of the build as well, and mm. love to get on that side of it. But I would say the um, I, I, I know what you mean, but. You know, if I have ten, fifteen thousand pounds spare, yeah. I can't do much with that. But to put it into an option, exactly, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Now, as my my wife says to me, she says, "Well, what happens if it doesn't get planning?" I go, "Well, I've got to write it off." You know, and if yeah. you've got three of them, that's my forty-five grand. You might have to write off. Um, so, but to de- to de- for anyone listening is thinking, I don't have, I have fifteen grand. I don't want to risk my fifteen grand. You de-risk it by joint venturing. So you could be the middleman who oh, is yeah. out there looking for the option deal. You find the deal off a farmer, you negotiate with a farmer, you need 15 grand, you find a cash-rich, time-poor person who's got the 15 grand, you join Fincher, they yeah. put their 15 grand in, your knowledge, your, your time yeah. and knowledge, their money, contacts, your, contacts, your contacts, yeah. you put the 15K in, they're willing to risk their money on the upside and you split the upside 50-50. So you de-risk the downside and half your upside. Mm. And at least you're getting half of what you're getting. So if you're listening in, it's an interesting strategy. And it's not just on land, because you're doing it on land at the moment. But you yeah, can do you this do on properties. Hold. You can do it on leasehold. You can do it on yeah. commercial. Yeah. You could do like an option on a commercial building where you apply for, for planning. Yeah, planning top, for, yeah. for flats. Yeah. So it's a huge market for options out there. Yeah. And, and, and like you it. say, and the nice thing is, is that... Um, you know, the the landowners are very, very interested because mm. when you come along to them, like you, you might say, well, there's a building, I could put 10 flats on there. Yeah. You don't have to spend a penny. They don't I'll know where to start them. as well. No, they're, and they're, you don't spend a penny to the landlord and they're like, what, you're going to put 10 flats on there? How much do I make? First thing, how much do I make? So, well, if you get 10 flats on there, you're probably going to make a million quid. Straight away they go, oh, right, I'm interested. Well, what, what's yeah. the... And then you can then sell those 10 flats to someone mm. potentially making your upside anyway and the planning might only cost you four grand or five yeah. grand and suddenly you've got 10 flats you've got either, the landlord's making a million then someone's then speaking to you about you've sold it already mm. if it gets flown you might they might 
that might be say 400 grand profit for you and you yeah. might have spent five six grand so it, it is it is like you say when i first started it the options business and being involved in it i did find it very slow mm. because i had a couple of handshake deals and they never came off goes to legals then they're legals and yeah. they all messed the deal up so in the end it just ended up being i thought is it, am i wasting my time here and then a couple landed and now those that have landed i find out probably the end of this year whether we're going to get planning yeah. but the, the signs are very good so if I if I just did a spreadsheet and went well, I spent ten grand on that site and it's made me X. I mean, I might go. I need to be doing more of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What's really interesting, you've you've gone through your journey there of like highs and lows, highs and lows, highs yes. and lows. Yes. And you've seemed to have stayed positive, stayed in the game. Yeah. And I always say to people like, when you fall down, maybe it's something down there you were meant to find to bring you back up stronger. Yeah, yeah. Like the timber frame stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where does the positive mindset come from? Because a lot of our listeners, they listen in. They've a lot of people. I've made mistakes in the past. I, yeah. bought, I bought in Eastern Europe and I lost oh, money you? abroad, okay, yeah. like in the the Celtic yeah. Tiger times yeah. in Ireland. Um, and you must be thinking, what was I thinking? Oh, it's ridiculous. What was I thinking? Yeah, I signed I, contracts in Bulgarian oh that I couldn't God. even read. Oh really? Um, just yeah, yeah. yeah don't yeah. remind me. But yeah. okay. it was it was ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. it was it was crazy. Um, but a lot of our listeners will have lost money, maybe they've yeah. done a deal that didn't come through, etc. And I, another thing I will say is, is winners never quit, quitters never win. No. Is you've kept going, you've stayed positive. Yeah, yeah. Does that come a lot from just from your upbringing, your from your I child? I don't know or does really. It come from sport? Well, I think sport, obviously. Um, I think the what if, if someone said to me, and I never, I never, I never admit this, and I never talk about this that you know they say what you know what's the best thing you've ever done in your sporting career like what's the what what's been the most like what makes you most proud must of course, be beaten ireland because yeah, clearly, yeah, like, yeah, that should never happen of course of course but, like winning the world cup was great i played in four of the games didn't play in the final i was involved in it but it wasn't the winning that that really sticks out for me it was it was the losing moments that stick out for me and one yeah. thing i'm probably proudest of personally is that every time I failed, I got dropped, didn't play well, got injured, couldn't get back in the team. I found a way to get back in. So resilience, positive mindset, no matter what the setback, I'm going I'm, to, I'm I set my mind to it and that's what I did. And I think that has still been a good step when it comes to property in a way yeah. that instead of getting, you know, once hurt, you know, once yeah. bitten twice shy, sure. I was like, no, I'll go again. And even, even with the 2008 mm. uh, cr- crash, you know, over in Ireland, I saw, I thought, well, you know, my wife's like, well, you've got these debts, you've got pays, you've got, you know, what, you know, why do you want to, why do you want to buy now? And yeah. I'm like, the reason why I want to buy now is because that house up the road that was on for 3 million is now on for 1.5 million, yeah. right? And I know that if I sell mine and I buy that and I do it up and the market comes, I'm going to make money on that. Yeah. So at the same time of having the fallout in Ireland and just juggle things around and have have you know uh, only the income for a restaurant to pay the interest just to hold it for years, um, I was able to go. No, that's the downside. Now's the time to buy the yeah. nice big house up the road, and I, I I did really well out of it. And it you know I, it took time to get the profit out of it because of stamp duty. But eventually it came, and look luckily, amazingly, I, I sold it last year before. The, the high-end houses have stopped mm. selling. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the sport has certainly been one thing that's helped me in yeah. those decisions. Um, how important do you think mindset is in, term, in business? The business, I think, is everything. It's absolutely everything. It's, um, 
you know, you can be a miserable person but have a good mindset, but you can have a positive mindset and be awful in, in, in property. I think it's I think that the 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 mindset is about being about being knowledgeable, about being calculated yeah. about what you're doing and how you do it, about understanding what you're doing. Like you say, you yeah. didn't know when you bought in yeah. Eastern Europe what you were buying. You probably didn't even read the contracts. You Pe- know. People get confused sometimes between mindset and enthusiastic enthusiasm oh, yes. and stupidity. Oh, I yes. was enthusiastic and stupid yes. with no knowledge. Yes. And I thought I had a positive mindset. Yeah, well, that's wrong, you that's see. That's wrong, yeah. I think positive mindset, the mi- mindset comes, I think, comes with uh, with years of experience mm. and calculated you're calculating the risk now i went on pokerstars a while ago and i was amazed watching the uh, pokerstar professionals work out the odds on their hands so texas holdem yeah. amazingly if you what you've got in your hand and what gets the flip you can work out they can work mathematically in an instant what the odds are of them winning a hand, all right? So they can do that in a second. Now they know what make, cars are left in the pack. They know what cars are left in the pack, and they can see, well, I've got this, and they can go, well, I've got, I can get a running flush, but then it's on the flop, and I know these are out there. So they can work out to 1% of, of what the next flop's likely to be. They, if they have, they have no sort of like kings, queens, jacks, they can, they can kind of go, well, sort odds. of odds are that it's going to be that and therefore I'm going to close because I have got a low card. So in the property game, I think the more knowledgeable you become, you're calculating the risks mm. of what is likely to happen. Now, if you can ride the storm like I was able to do, and I think I was lucky because I have my dad around who's wealthy in his own right. So he always said, look, if, if, if you can't afford it, if things are going Tits up, basically, I'll help you. So that was always in the back of my mind that I can take the risk. And I don't know whether I would have possibly taken some of the risks if I didn't have that background. But I think that that it's not about it's not about having a positive mindset. Because like you have people come around and look at around a house and they want to buy it straight mm. away. So the price is X, and they go, I don't care what the price is, I'm buying this dream. And they're so enthusiastic, they don't yeah. even realize. That it's fifty grand overpriced, right? Yeah. Because they want the home, want right? the home. But they're losing fifty grand, mm. right? And if someone explains to them, but by the way, you can buy next door, and you can get all up the road, and it's fifty grand less, and you get exactly what you want, and you can put a bedroom on it, it'll be worth more. Yeah. They're like, no, I want that house. Mm. But I think in property, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily, about, like you say, being this positive enthusiast mm. about. Because as soon as somebody says, well, if you put this down and you you, you buy this, you could end up with um, you could end up making double your money. Yeah. Straight away you go, oh, I'm going to do that, and you'd be really positive about it, yeah. and you want the deal because you go, well, I, I can double my money. Somebody told it's me it's the right knowledge that gives it's you the, the confidence. Yeah, the more knowledge you have, the more mm. confidence. I would love my kids to be. Uh, involved in property, yeah. and I don't want them working for me. I want them to go and work for the big blue chip companies, understand, be a quantitative, understand how it works, understand how the sales work, understand how the build is, everything, so that when time is right, yeah. you'll know how to invest and know what to do. You've said a few times that you feel like you got lucky and you had um, you made decisions because you had your dad behind you and whatever, yeah. but um, luck for me is you make your own luck. Yeah, of course and you do. It's labour under the correct knowledge. Yes. Your dad to me is your mentor. Yeah, and hugely, yeah. it's not that you got lucky, really. Yeah, you say that to yourself to possibly to make yourself feel mm. like oh, I just yeah. did. I did this. This. Are you yeah. downplaying what you've done? Yeah, in a way. Actually, you've yeah. done quite a lot of our listeners yeah. to be listening to this thing. And wow, enough. 
yeah. if you can do this. Yeah. Um, if a rugby player can do if this. If a rugby I'll player for Eng- a re- England rugby yeah, player. Yeah, well, if it was an Irish rugby player, you'd expect it. But an English <laughs> rugby player. But, so, but if you, he's half Irish. If an English rugby player could do this, um, yeah. if a rugby player, if a person, just a normal person can do yeah. this, can they too? Do you think other people with the right knowledge, with the, um, yeah. the right people around them, the network, the support, yeah. um, that anybody can do this? Absolutely. Anyone can do this. And I think it's all about, uh, if you imagine it's a game of poker and that you, you're, you're, you're basically, in a way, everything you do in life is a bet. You know, if you want to go and like work in a, a law firm, you're betting that, you know, I'm going to get a good salary. I'm going to go move up. I'm going to do this. In property, it's exactly the same. You basically, you have to understand the trends in markets. You have to know, you know, is, is property at the moment overpriced? Okay, so I think in London it's overpriced. All right, would I buy now in London? Absolutely not. All right, but it's probably underpriced in some other parts of the country. country, country yeah. Right now that the government are going to spend a lot of money up north. You know, if I had money, I'd be thinking, all right, well, what are they going to do up north to connect everything? So with the rail, with the buses, yeah. with everything, and they're going to spend not not millions. They're going to spend billions doing it. High speed rail link. Yeah. So effectively, what's going to happen is. London's, I think, is going to become disintegrated to hubs around the country. You know, so if I was investing in property, would I invest in London? No, up north, definitely, because mm. you know that once the trains come in and they're quicker, people are going to start wanting to live around there, and suddenly, and the prices are low at the moment, and then it's all going to go up. In London, possibly it might go down. My own house might go down. We're happy where we live, so we're not going to move. Yeah. But if you're playing those cards, you've got to go, well, what's the market? What's the trends at the moment? I'd be saying, well, where do I live? Is that going to go up? Is it going to go down? What's going to happen in the next 10 years? What's going to happen? And, and the thing is, you've also got to be aware that with the coronavirus at the moment, yeah. you've got to know that with my risk, I've got to know that if I take a hit, can I hold Can I hold and stick or do I have to fold? So it's all about yeah. calculating with the knowledge, with things that you... And I'd love to, I would love to have... 25 years ago come on one of your courses and just listened to what people said because i would have been the enthusiast is going well it's just someone said if i buy next that this house then i could double my money and i've just gone yeah because he said it i'm going to do it yeah. and now i've learned so much I, you know it will be i would be very calculated in what yeah. i do and i think spreading the risk is good you know for me i've got the options business i've got then i've got some rentals mm. i've got some bills and then i've got the timber frame which sort of supports yeah. cash and, flow and one of the things we talk, cover a lot about is the multiple streams of income yes is making sure that you've not got all your eggs in one basket yes that you've got stuff and you're always yeah. looking at the downside where's yeah. the opportunity yeah. in you mentioned the coronavirus yeah it, Obviously, the current market, we don't know where it's going. Um, no. When our listeners listen to this, it'll be next week. It'll, we might be, when you listen into this, it might be in a different place to where we are at this moment with the virus. Yeah, we don't yeah. know if it's going to get better, get worse. No. Um, the world's going to go on. The, the, not everybody may be still in it where it yeah. happens. But yeah. do you see this as um, a, a doom and gloom, an opportunity? Um, I see what do you think's going to yeah, happen? Well, I see it. Uh, it's a bit like playing your cards, isn't it? It's a bit like you're going to look at the risk. Now, mm. it, you know, clearly, I would say high-end properties already taken a knock. We're yeah. going to take a more of a knock. But I think the big scare at the moment really is, if you look at the macroeconomics of the world, effectively what could end up happening is um, a, lot of, a lot of companies go bust. And mm. when a lot of companies go bust, effectively a lot of people can't afford to pay their mortgage yeah. which then means that in my view that if you have a 
so many people like that can't pay the mortgage, even though the interest rates are so low. If you haven't got a salary and you can't pay it, suddenly, you know, you know, every person, a lot of people on the street who are struggling already, suddenly uh, are in negative equity, can't afford to pay the mortgages, and then they have to fold. When that happens, and you have like in the tens of thousands of people basically handing back the keys, mm. effectively you have a housing crisis. Yeah. And I see that as an opportunity. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's not nice to say, but it is an opportunity mm. because effectively, you know, when's it going to be at its bottom? We won't know. No. Potentially, this could like uh, sort of gloss over for the next three, four yeah. months and then everyone keeps their jobs and it's actually okay. Yeah. And then effectively, but, you know, but, but it's I, certainly worth waiting to before yeah. you make that big investment. I mean if I if I was offering on a on a like a four bedroom house for half a million quid at the moment, I'd just hold tight. I'd hold tight. I'd just phone them up and say, look, I'm really sorry, uh I've only got four fifty. <laughs> See what they say. See how desperate people go. You know, yeah. but I wouldn't I I would be thinking if I put half a million into this, potentially in uh in Four months' time, it's only worth three hundred because mm. the housing's collapsed. So I would see it as an opportunity, and people like yourselves might say, "Well, you know, actually, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Work out where you want to invest. Work out when you think it's going to be the lowest. Go all in." Which is what I did in 08. I went all in. Yeah, like when everyone's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "What am I doing?" That house was worth three million only six weeks ago. Double down now, um, and that's why interesting when it comes to shares and mm. equities and stuff. I don't. I wonder what Warren Buffett might be doing now. He might be thinking it's down fifteen percent. The market now's the time to get in, get pile in. in. Yeah. But then it might even go more and more. We don't. But you know. can't time the bottom. No, you can't. You never time. You're yeah. never going to time the bottom. You're never going to you know sell at the, the highest and buy at the lowest. I've had that, but I've I've actually more often than not. Sold at average yeah. because I needed the cash. Yeah. Like you say, it's all down to cash flow. Yeah, because I know people I met when I was around in the crash, obviously in 08, and yeah. met people that when it crashed and they're saying, as the houses are going down, they're going, oh, it's gone down, we don't know where the bottom is, we better wait. And then yeah. as soon as they started going up, they started saying, we missed the boat. Yes. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's just, the bottom? Yeah, yeah, no. So exactly. you, you just can never time it right. Can't time it. But it's all about calculating your risk, isn't it? You're playing a game of poker, and if you're a really good poker player, you make a lot of money. And the reason yeah. being is you know what the odds are, you know what the risks you're taking, and you know when to play your cards right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what property is all about. Progressive property built their property business they've got 700 plus properties that they yeah. co-own co-own um, yeah. jv partners manage and stuff and um they built their business on the back of the last crash so right. 08 9 10 11 right. um it's an opportunity and whether we there's always been a crash coming in my mind because 08's a long time ago now we forget yeah. that but actually it's been 12 years yeah. and there was probably but, uh, is it artificially um, the other thing is i suppose it's more of a question is um, the reason why the property market, I think, is is going okay is with the right to buy. But yep. also, also the interest rates are so low. so low. Now, I've no idea what would happen. Well, I do know. I think I know what would happen if if the government decided to up the uh, the Bank of England interest yeah. rate. Then it could put a lot of people under pressure, and people go bankrupt. But potentially, mm. they can't do that because it will bankrupt. The They've country. just dropped it a half percent. I know yeah, that, so. that's for the coronavirus yeah. mainly, but but. If they were to increase that, I think a lot of people put, couldn't pay the mortgage. They increase the interest rate, and effectively, mm. perhaps, maybe it does mean that at some stage, now, now the time is the time to borrow. Borrow as much as you can. If you yeah. can get money at half a percent, mm. 
borrow it because yeah. what's it going to cost you to own it? Not very much. Yeah. So yeah. if you can get as much borrowing you can get out at the moment is even better. Yeah. And and you're hoping for even if you get a one two percent rise and you're paying half percent over or whatever, yeah. then you're going to do all right. But a lot of people fear borrowing money, and actually this is um, property investing. Any business is it's yeah. a numbers game at the end of the day. And, yeah. and sometimes when I talk, I have to talk about numbers with people, and they're like, sure. "Oh, why do you have to talk about numbers? Because we're going into number." But you need to know numbers. Yeah. It's absolutely. a numbers game, and yeah. if you're looking at it, there's good debt and bad debt. And what yeah. you've just been talking about is good debt. Yeah, yeah, Borrow at point, a half a percent. Yeah, great debt. And then make 4%, 5% yeah, even. You're 100%. making, it's good debt. Yeah. And if you were borrowing money at 6% and could make 9, yeah. what's the difference? Yeah, it's, massive. you're making, doesn't really matter what you're borrowing no. at. It's about what you make on it. No, exactly. So, do you, the, the crash I think is going to, the, the, there's going to be a bit of a, a bubble, whether it's a little mini bubble and then yeah, it goes yeah. out again and then it, yeah. we have the actual. Well, I think crash. Yeah, I think I think if it's a mini crisis, let's yeah. say it's a mini crisis. Let's hope I, it's a mini crisis. I think in it, terms I, of I've got a feeling it will be. I think that um, Brexit has basically stalled the UK for probably two to three years. All right. Yeah. Or I say three years, or however long ago. Since then, it's been stalled, and now we've seen start. It's starting to go like that. Now, with this little bump, let's say it plateaus for a bit. If it's only a three-month thing and then we're back on track, I think property potentially could go up because of that, because of Brexit and everyone yeah. stalling. Mm. And I think interest rates so low, I think what might happen, it might might have sort of a, a little bit of a bounce back, mm. but it depends on how badly uh, it yeah. is for, you and, know, with coronavirus. And also um, people. So when you come, the mindset of people again, yeah. is when, you get, when we get through this virus, Yes. People are, if they're locked in their homes, they're um, told they can't go out, they can't socialise, etc. Yeah. There's going to be a point uh, where the bubble will burst in terms of they're let out of the traps again, they're allowed yeah, out. Yeah. There's going to be a want to yeah. the um, banks have, indulge. The banks need to loan. Yeah. Right? The banks need to loan. And uh, people need to move around and people need to ups, upside yeah. and downsize. Yeah. And, and there's, I think there's great opportunity out there. But I do think in the right parts of the country, you yeah. know, I, I mean, personally, London, I think is that, to, you know, you, you can't buy a three bedroom house for less than 400, 500 grand. But you can, you know, you can, there's a lot, of, there's a lot yeah. of opportunity elsewhere. And that's why I'm not buying at the moment, because I don't know the rest of the country. Got you. Okay, yeah. and it is knowing your local area. Yeah. No, and if you are going to invest, I see people a lot. I invest up north. Yeah. And I just see people in London. They they head up north to buy a house, and they're buying properties on streets that in my town that I wouldn't touch. Yeah. Because I know the area. Yes. And they see it as cheap. Yes. But cheap is cheap. Because cheap, it's cheap. Cheap's not valuable. For a reason. Cheap's cheap. Yeah. And they're buying in the wrong streets because they don't know the area. And we always recommend to students. And if you listen on the podcast, oh, yeah. is if you're buying in a town you don't know. You either find somebody in the area that does know, or you learn the area before you jump in, learn a new area, but you ask, speak to agents, speak to letting agents, but remember, they're not necessarily property investors, they're just people who... But I I always find that, you know, when when someone buys a house on your street and and it hasn't sold for years, and the reason why it hasn't sold is possibly because it's on a corner and they keep having crashes there, and some bloke buys it at the asking price, you're thinking... He's not from town. Not not from here. You just come down here and you thought, that's a nice big house on the corner, and you won't be able to sell it for a lot of reasons yeah they don't know the town no. it's very important to know knowledge your is area. key knowledge yeah. is know your area um you've done more than just rugby yeah. you've done you mentioned poker playing oh well that was only yeah yeah and there was something else you've done too dancing on ice most people know me from dancing on ice now so dancing uh, yeah, on ice dancing how was that that was great fun talking and dean are legends aren't they so um they were great to uh, to work alongside. That was in 2007. So I ended up doing my own ice skating show toward that. So we've brought in an ice rink. Yeah. 
Do you want to hop up and um, give us a little? No, but you no. could be my partner, and I could throw you around and make you do I'll, a headbanger. I'll pass on that as well. Headbanger, just look that up on YouTube. Just headbanger. do headbanger uh, ice skating. That, and you would be the perfect candidate to be my uh, partner in a headbanger. Thank you. I'll look it up directly after sure. this show. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared. No problem. But I'll, I'll probably pass on the headbanger opportunity as Good. well. Good. So, um, why did you join dancing? Why did you go into dancing? Uh, well, I, I just retired and then basically got a phone call from the agent saying, do you want to do an ice skating show? And I was like, oh, well, well yeah, what, what is it? Saw so what it was. I thought that'd be a bit of fun. And um, I think everything I learned as a rugby player really helped me, you know, uh, dedication, good mindset, positive, work really hard every every little inch. Um, so, yeah, and that's probably why I won. What was the, obviously winning it and stuff as well, you seem to be a consistent tune of winning things. But what was the ups? Do you think being a rugby player helped you in winning that? Yeah, 100%. Because, I, uh, you know, effectively a game show like Dancing and Ice which is what it is is based on the skill you've got to learn the skill and what I realised I'm not a great dancer uh, although I've got a few moves you know but uh, <laughs> but I noticed I mean all the other all the, all the other celebrities a lot of them were pop stars and really good dancers but you didn't realise that you've got to learn to skate first you can't dance unless you can skate Right. so I realised if I worked really hard and got really good at skating then whatever dancing I could do would, would be good but then what I'd end up doing is um I worked so hard on the skating that I got so strong and the girls that you're skating with are, are tiny. I was throwing them around like rag dolls and I looked like I was really good. Uh, but it was all down to hard work. And effectively, every week you get a new song, new song choice, new routine, you've got to learn it. And basically, it's exactly what being a sportsman is. You've got a game at the weekend against Leicester or yeah. Wales or internationally and you've got tactics and you've got to work hard and you've got to work on it and you've got to work out a strategy to win. So I would be like, right, there's my routine, there's the music, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to try this, I'm going to, I'm going to work hard on this, I'm going to make that good. And if that goes well, next week will be better because I'll do this and do that. So I, I was always um, sort of, how can I say, I was Plenty. constantly um, working hard on knowing what's coming next. And, uh, and effectively commitment and, and, and knowledge of what I was doing. Okay, so um, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah. um, I've just what, talked, haven't I, for the whole it's time? It's been really, really good. I think our oh. listeners are going to love this. Oh, I've right, really okay. enjoyed it. But okay. what would you say, just for anyone listening in, um, three bits of advice, maybe top three things you'd give them as advice in terms of business, getting into property, um, scaling their property. Yeah. But um, what would you give well, them? Uh, well, oh, God, I mean, I... You know, I think before you invest a penny, is to sort of is to study uh, what you're doing. So if it's if it's in a buy to let, it's to study the markets, mm. study the margins, study the you know. People think, oh, if I do this and do that, then I could rent it out for whatever. But actually, you got to work out: can you get the builders to in to do it? Yeah. Can you can you actually make it work? I think so. The first thing is knowledge is the probably the most important thing in, in investing in property knowledge of what you're buying why you're buying it what's the end result yeah the second thing i would say is to be very agile because markets go up and down in shares mm-hmm. and whatever and life change coronavirus we see what's happened is to be very agile and i never thought when i was building properties that i was going to use them as my pension now they're my mm-hmm. pension which is great because in 15 years time hopefully they'll pay themselves off then i'll have the assets and i'll have an income and i don't have to work yeah so that that's an upside i never thought i'd have so but to be agile, be agile and be able to keep what you have in case things go peak tong. So that's really good. And then the last thing, I suppose, is 
is not to be scared to transfer your skills. So, for example, if you're doing all buy to lets and things like that, yeah. and suddenly you come across a building, and you think, well, I could put I could put six flats on top of there. Instead of thinking, well, how do I raise the money to to, to build that? And I, you know, mm. why don't you go? Well, I know they do. I've got a building company. They have got loads of cash. I'll do a JV with them. Yes, I go to them and I say, well, let's. Let you buy that. I'm not going to put any money in. I'll get the deal. I'll get the planning. You buy it and just give me 15% of the upside. And straight away, you know, you've got no money in. And effectively, you could end up with probably say, let's say it's two, three hundred thousand for, for just quite, for your skill. Quite a bit. Just decent for profit. your, your, yeah. uh, you know, your, uh, special, uh, interest and in, uh, understanding yeah. of it. And I think that's, if you have those things running, then it's all quite nice. And of course, one, one thing goes great. Nothing, not so well, but then you can even all up. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening who wants to know a bit more about you, find you online, whatever. Right. Um, how do they? How do they get in touch? No idea. Uh, God, uh, I suppose. Um, Your timber frame company. What's it called? Yeah, hybrid houses. You hybrid houses. Hybrid Where are the bases? We've got a factory in Northampton. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Okay. Hybrid houses, Northampton. Good timber stuff. frame. I'm going to look you up. Cause, right. So yeah, good, good opportunity. Good. I've really enjoyed this. Good. Been awesome. Um, we're doing yeah, we're do one of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've got an extra touch. Oh, we've got Go a touch. On, no, there touch. we go. Um, as long as you don't rugby tackle. No, no. So you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Um, remember, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're out every Tuesday. It's 7.30 in the morning every Tuesday online. Check out the Progressive Property community on Facebook as well. Make sure you join the Facebook community. There's over 28,000 people in there now. So join the community. There's ongoing daily support in there. And um, hopefully if I get to see you at one of the events in the near future, that would be awesome too. Come say hi. So you've been listening to Kevin McDonald. I've been with Kieran Bracken. You've been absolutely awesome. See you next week. <laughs>